again, everybody, and welcome to Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm John McKellar. And I'm Jason Deer. I was the left fielder for the Glasgow Comets until a couple of weeks ago when I played my final game. Uh, we're going to touch on that later. Uh, Jason, how have you been? I'm doing well, doing well. So, um, no games for me and uh, missing it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> it must... Uh, what What... Here's a quick question for you, Jason. At what point in the season do you find that that itch becomes the strongest? Um, I think it's always the beginning of the season. It's right. the you know getting ready and spending the winter training and like that. You're, you know, you're getting ready to play that first game of the season, um, and then yeah, that that's always the the hardest for me is uh, when the season starts off. It's like ah oh, yeah, I'm missing just throwing the ball around. Do you think there's any possibility that you will ever play a game again? Never say never. Um, we will see. Like I said, I'm not going to say it. I've, I've got a couple bats I'm still dying to get some use out of. Um, I wouldn't. It won't be for the next couple of years. But I, I, maybe an old timers game. You can see me with an old timers game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of in a similar boat myself. As I say, the comments game in Edinburgh, the Giants, um, the other week there was uh, was my last game. Um, combination of a couple of things led to me making that decision about a month and a bit ago when I came back into the lineup. Uh, so, did the guys know this is going to be your last game, or did you spring it on them? Um, I told some of them just before the game, and then I told the rest of them at the game. So, they immediately put you at lead off batter and let you play all the positions you've always played? <laughs> uh, no, no, not quite. Um, well, I, I was kind of glad not to because uh, one of the factors that's led to this is the fact that my back's absolutely killing me. Um, so that paired with the fact that I'm going to become a dad for the first time uh, in February uh, kind of led me to decide that I was going to take at least the next uh, two years off. And get ready to start the Glasgow junior team. <laughs> well, I don't know how much of a teacher I would be, but... Um, <laughs> I guess I could play for the juniors. Well, you know, you can't play for the juniors. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think you're a little bit older than 40 years so. Ah, damn it. Um, well, you know, I'm kind of like yourself. I would never say never. I'm only 31, so it's possible that I'll play again. But um, for the time being, that game that game's my last one for quite a while. Well, if you look at it this way, in 14 years, you could do like Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. You got to look at it that way. Both on the field at the same time. Well, you know, that's a good point. That is a very good point, and maybe that will happen someday. But enough about enough about me. Let's move on to um, the show today. Um, we're going to talk uh, the last two weekends, uh, the final weekend of the regular season, and last weekend's Cup Semis, uh, the Caledonia Classic, began this past Sunday. We'll have a wee look forward at the final coming up this coming Sunday. Um, and we'll chat other things here and there. So, John, before we get started to talk about yeah. that, how do you feel about the Caledonian Cup? The Caledonia... second year we've done it now. So. Yeah. Um, I like the new format, I think, more because it gives teams a bit more of a... You know, you can have a situation like we had this season where a team, in this case the Galaxy, runs away with the league title. Um, 
And I think the Caledonia Cup being a kind of top four go through sort of thing, it gives the other teams something to play for for longer. Right. I think that that's definitely a good thing. I don't really, I don't think it's necessary. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's nice to have an opportunity to win a trophy. Um, but you know, I just feel like it's kind of a my personal opinion. It's kind of a, a pointless addition. No, no, um, I, I I understand where you're coming from. I uh, I I feel like it's almost uh, European football being applied to baseball. Yes, very much so. So um, yeah, uh, and and I'm quite a traditionalist, and so that's like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'll not lie about that. Like I, I am old school. Um, and uh, I mean, I, it's nice for a cup, but I, I think uh, um. It does give someone something to play for, so there. And I think the new format's probably better than the previous year, where all the teams mm-hmm. qualified and yeah. lasted all of September to get to the last bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, although I'm sure anyone from the Davindales would disagree with this because they won it last year. <laughs> I think maybe what would make more sense would be a one-day Caledonia Classic where you have three different trophies um, up for grabs. Uh, that would be a Glasgow, a Glasgow Cup, and an Edinburgh Cup. An Aberdeen Cup. Um, obviously, with there being three teams in Edinburgh, I guess one way you could do it would be to have the two best records in Edinburgh um, compete for that. Um, but I think that would probably make more sense than than what we have. But overall, I'm not really a big fan of cup competitions. Yeah, I mean, um, I think what would be fun is whoever wins wins the league would would host a game or a day. Yeah. And what we would do is you have uh, a round-robin tournament from each city, and you just bring your nine best guys, and you flip a coin to see who plays one versus two, then two versus three, and three versus one, and, and see mm-hmm. who takes it all that day. I think that could be an interesting format. Kind of like an all-star game kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you have the cities there, and you would be able to go and you know take your best guys, or in the usual case of Scotland baseball, whoever's available that day. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, but I think that would be a lot of fun. And you make it a whole day thing. You start at like 10 a.m. You know, we play the two-hour time limits. And uh, and that could be interesting. I, I think you would get people showing up for that because I think you could make a big deal out of it, uh, yeah. you know, have a barbecue and whatnot and uh, just give everyone loads of abuse yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, something like that is definitely what I would be more interested in seeing that on the last day of the year, I think, than a, than a cup tournament, personally. Um, something that's just a, a day for everyone in the league to have some fun uh, and mix up the rosters a little bit. Um, I think that would be great. I, I know why we do it that way. Um, it's because the English teams have their championships in September because I know yeah. they'll, they'll finish up their championships, I think, in two weeks' time. I think the first games are this weekend. Right. And then um, and then usually if we have interest, then, then we get like maybe an all-star game up, at least previously. So I don't know how things are working this year or of last year, but yeah, that was how it worked out. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, we have what we have, um, and let's cover that today on the show. Excellent. Yeah. Um, first off, let's start with the 8th of September, which was the final Sunday <coughs> of the regular season this year. Um, let's start with the Ed- Edinburgh Devils and the Aberdeen Express. They played a double header, which the Express swept to cap off an absolutely fantastic inaugural season for those guys. Um, they've got a really strong team. Um, we've played them a couple of times this year, obviously, and 
I was very impressed by what I saw from the Express. In the first year in the league as well? Yeah, this is their first yeah, their first season and they've absolutely stormed through most of their games. I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing more from Aberdeen. Uh, I think we we joked on the very first episode about how it was uh, how titles would come in threes. And uh, I think we joked that it's time for Aberdeen to step up and take three in a row from now on. I, I don't think that that's impossible. Uh, when looking at the Express, they definitely have what it takes to challenge at the top of the league um, right now, to be honest. Right, okay. I, and then I think there's a lot of first-year players up there as well, too. So, yeah. you know, you had a lot of guys learning on the fly. I know mm-hmm. they expanded enough that they needed two teams up in Aberdeen. So, yeah. um, you know, they could be a, someone to be reckoned with for the next few years. Definitely, yeah. The sky is definitely the limit for these guys. Very exciting team. All right. Well, let's, let's cover the games here. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first game ended 6-5 to five Express. That one ended after five innings, and obviously with that being a double header, each game had a two-hour time limit. Limit, um, so they went. They wouldn't necessarily go the requisite seven. Um, obviously, that first game didn't. It went to five and ended six to five, which suggests to me that it was quite a quite a laborious game for both pitchers. I would imagine. I, I imagine it was a bit of a slog. Yeah, it sounds like it for a six-five game to go two hours. That sounds like. Quite a murderous, uh, murderous uh, outing. The second game, however, finished sixteen to ten. Express, so a bit more of an offensive game. Uh, went six innings as well, so looks like that one moved at a bit of a more frenetic pace, and looks like it was a bit more exciting. So, quite a quite an interesting weekend of baseball there. Um, Express sweeping the Devils. Devils who they've shown they've shown some signs of. Getting back to where they were before, um, but for some reason just haven't been able to maintain a consistency in that. I think the Devils are going to be a team to watch in the next couple of years again as well. I think they're going through a bunch of guys have retired or they're yep. part time, and so it gave an opportunity for a lot of the younger guys to get more playing time, get experience, uh, and hopefully build on it there. And then, of course, you never knew who comes back every year and who who shows up the following year that you don't expect. So. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Unfortunately, we kind of have a lack of information on both games in that uh, doubleheader. Uh, we really were only able to find the the scores and the, the lengths of the games. Um, but uh, in Glasgow, the Galaxy uh, defeated the Cannons by a score of 11-1 to 1 after eight innings. Um, Galaxy obviously capping off a, an absolutely tremendous regular season. Uh, they would finish the season sixteen and two in their eighteen games. Yeah, I would say it's pretty good. I think uh, and there's not been an undefeated season, but there's been two one loss seasons. Yeah, so that's pretty. So they're, cool. they're right up there. Yeah, they've come pretty close this year. Do you think the Galaxy can be stopped uh, in the next year or two? You know, year in year out, it depends on who shows up, uh, who 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 your ringers are for the following year. Um, but I mean, yeah, they they're doing well. You, see, you can't complain. They they put everything together. Uh, Luke's been solid on the hill from them. Uh, I mean, the, the defense has been great. You, you really can't uh, argue with that. So um, I think it comes down to how many guys turn and who who everyone else uh, brings along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Luke, he did start that game. He pitched six innings, allowing one run. Uh, he walked three and struck out seven. 
Um, so it looks like it was uh, a good defensive display more than anything from those guys. Only the seven strikeouts is quite rare for a game running eight innings in our league. Um, it looks like they've, um, to only give up the one run, they've had a very good defensive game. Yeah, I mean, that's not even half of there. So, um, so that would have probably been the bottom half of the lineup. He was, you know, you know, striking out there, but it looks like the top half was putting the ball in play. Indeed, yeah. And when they were doing so, it looks like the Galaxy, for the most part, were putting them away. Um, Ivaldis Greenish, I uh, don't know how to pronounce his name properly. He is known as Elvis in Glasgow, so let's call him Elvis. <laughs> Elvis um, closed that game out with two shutout innings to wrap up what's been, as we say, another outstanding season by the Glasgow Galaxy. You know, going back to the first game of the season, we we had kind of a slugfest with those guys that we were fortunate enough to come out on the winning end of. Um, and I genuinely thought that this year the Galaxy were going to start to slow down. Um, I didn't think they were going to have the kind of season they've had the past couple of years again. Um, but, you know, I've been very much proven wrong by, you know, the rest of the season. Uh, the Galaxy just... Virtu- on their day, they're unbeatable. They've been virtually unbeatable most of the season. Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, this coming Sunday, which we'll get into very shortly. Um, but yeah, a great team and uh, another great season. They fully deserve the title. Um, and yeah, here's hoping that the Comets can start to catch up next season. Yeah, you're always going to be hoping that your own team makes it, knocks them off. Right? You're always in the reform, so. Yeah, yeah, there is a rivalry between the two teams, but it's a very friendly rivalry. Um, and it's kind of a rivalry that is a sort of, it's a very cordial one-upsmanship game. Um, unfortunately, they've they, <laughs> they've been on the up of that uh, more often than not the past few years. I mean, same way in Edinburgh. Like you said, there's three teams there. We all train together. Yep. You, you know, you have a good and. uh uh, you know, when it's game time, you you want to you want to pulverize them to the ground, and then afterwards you're like, all right, let's go have a grab a beer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been it's been fun uh, being part of that rivalry for the past few years. Um, played in some really great derby games between the two. Because um, you guys, were you involved in that one a few years ago? That was like thirty to twenty six. It went like seven hours. I don't think so. I um, <laughs> remember that one. You would have been yeah. in the field for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't involved with that one at all. I don't think. Um, what? What do you know? What year that was? I, I can't remember. It's probably about four or five years ago. I just remember it was a derby match, and I can't remember. I think the Galaxy came out on top, but at some point, the, I think the Comets were down by ten and then pulled back up, and the, the final score was like thirty to twenty. 27 or something like that it was it was, it was something ridiculous and i was just like oh man like that that would have been a seven or eight hour ball game right it would not have been a whole lot of fun i don't remember that one i'll need to ask around uh the glasgow camp to see if i can pick someone's brain about that and get them to come on and talk us through the experience of playing that game they probably have taken it away and just they put it in the back of the mind, trying not to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know there are some games that you, you can do nothing else but try and just put it in your back pocket and forget it exists. No, I, just, I, I remember that one. That was it was brought up at the AGM one year. It's like <laughs> wow, that, that that was not a fun game. The only other game that weekend uh, 
was the Edinburgh Giants in Edinburgh hosting our uh, Glasgow Comets. Um, my last game, also my baseball mentor Gio's last regular season game. I know he says it every year that he's done, <laughs> but uh, this, this, year, this year I believe him. Now, how many years has Gio been playing baseball? Uh, I can say at least 16 that I know of. That's because I've been around for 16 years. I think he once told me that he started around 1997. Right. Um, but don't quote me on that. I might be mistaken there uh, but he has been he's been playing baseball for pretty much the better part of 20 years at least I think he's been around long enough he knew Wolfie as Gordon yeah exactly yeah um, you know he he played for the old uh, Glasgow Stars which is a, a team that is kind of the stuff of myth these days <laughs> around Glasgow but um, Gio's, Gio's had a very long kind of tenure as a player here obviously he's moved into managing the Comets this season, you know, as much as he would say every year that this was his last year, and he said it every year <laughs> that I've been playing, um, and I was play, I played for six years. You you never believed it, and it was always hard to. It was always hard to even imagine what this league would be like without him playing in it. So if indeed this is the last year, and it very much looks like it is, it's going to be an interesting experience to 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 visit the odd game and. and Watch the comments without him there, without him in the lineup. He'll be sitting on the bench the whole time instead. It's going to be a, a weird experience. I'm sure he'll still be around. He may not play, but I can imagine him, you know, showing up for the games. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware, the plan will still be for him to manage the team. Right. Um, but don't so, quote me on that. I'm not entirely sure what his plans are moving forward. So does that mean he's going to go Connie Mack style? Connie Maxdale, yeah, he's he's gonna manage the team for fifty years. Well, that and you know, show up in a full suit. You know, uh... <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't even know if Gio owns a suit. <laughs> well, I think we should get him one so he can show up full suit like that. I can see. <laughs> he needs a cigar and some mutton chop, uh, some mutton chop sideburns as well. Yeah, well, we can get Wolfie on that. I'm sure Wolfie can share. Oh yeah, he's, I mean, if there's an expert in this league on that kind of thing, it's Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the the game uh, in Edinburgh ended uh, twenty four to fourteen Giants. So not a great way for Gio or myself to bow out, unfortunately. Um, at the end of the day, the Comets had a good season, I think, compared to the past few seasons. I think we are definitely on the ascendancy. Um, there's some things we need to work on, uh, particularly defensively, um, before we can really realistically start to make a push at challenging. But I think in the next, within the next couple of years, considering the guys that we have on board, the passion and the drive that those guys have, I think if they do apply themselves um, in everything that they're learning, I think this the sky's the limit for the Comets moving forward as well. Like I said, you know, another season under the belt, more experience. You know, you get a key guy here and there, and uh, just makes all the difference. Exactly, this is exactly right. Um, we had a period in mid-season where we had at least one inning per game where things would just collapse defensively. Um, sometimes that's just a streak that you'll have as a team, particularly an inexperienced uh, group like we had. Uh, if it weren't for those innings, who knows how the season could have gone. It could have been a hell of a lot better. 
Um, but the season could have been a hell of a lot worse. Um, we won some big games. Um, we lost some big games. So uh, you get what you get. Like I said, it's all learning experience. You take a take what you can from each game. Indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, I took quite a lot of. Uh, what I took away from this particular game wasn't all positive, uh, although it was my last game and stuff, and it was nice to, to be able to play one more time. I did feel like the occasion was marred slightly, unfortunately. And why is that? Um, the umpiring the umpiring that day was very frustrating, in all, in all honesty. Was it the calls behind the plate, the calls in the field? A bit of both, um, particularly behind the plate, however. Um there were some inconsistencies that I felt bordered on unfair. Uh, the strike zone for Robert, uh, or starter Robert, it kind of felt like he had to pitch into a letterbox at times to get any kind of a call. Um, I noticed that both on the bench at the start of the game and when I was in the field. Um, whereas there were multiple occasions of us being called out on strikes on pitches that were at least a half a foot high, um, so it was kind of baffling. <laughs> there were there were some periods of the game where it just felt like the the zone was kind of being made up as we went along, um, which was pretty galling considering the occasion for both myself and for Geo. Um, I wasn't very happy about it. No, and, and you know it, it's tough to be an umpire like the. When you ask people to umpire for games, you you don't get anyone raising their hands to do that. We don't pair umpires enough to do, do that. Um, now I can understand. I've been felt like I've been homered as well. Um, I, just like oh, you, you can't get a call. Um, but a lot of it has to do with you know just who's behind the plate, uh, where the catcher's setting up, uh, where they actually uh, you know let the umpire see the game um, and that makes a big difference there because if you know if the umpire is on the wrong shoulder and he can't see like say an inside pitch you know from his perspective it might look like it's you know just too far inside where you know from everyone else in the field they're going no no that was just right there or I got the black and uh, yeah there's, there's nothing worse than when, when it seems like every call is going your way and every call is going for the other team so I totally understand where you're coming from yeah, uh, the thing that I think made it very, that, that made it as annoying as it did, um, was the fact that there was there were actually two infield umpires and uh, in playing at the game, and one of them was the league president. Um, so I think the fact that no one seemed to be having a word, despite how obvious it seemed to me and also to some of my teammates, um, was quite was was very irritating. No, I can understand that. Like I said, there's nothing worse when you think oh, everything's going your way, going against you. And I, I've been there as well. And you know, it's uh, I can't tell you times I've been just walked off frustrated because nothing's going our way. Um, you know, and nothing's anything you can do about it. So um, you gotta give umpires a little bit of credit. Like it's there's nothing worse than having people that I I, I had someone remind me recently about their first game they played for Edinburgh. And it was, I was umping and we were playing in Union Park. And uh, uh, Darren, I don't know Darren's last name. Did you ever meet Darren? Darren, uh, the pitcher. Yes. From Glasgow, yep. Yes. Um, we got in a yelling match because I was umpiring the game and he was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know if he was not happy with what I was calling balls and strikes 
or what was happening. And uh, we, we were yelling and I, I was just telling him to, to shut up because I didn't want to turn around the ball game. And he kept yelling back. And I was like, uh, you know, it was it was pretty intense. And, and somebody reminded me, that was my first game. And you guys were yelling at each other for five minutes about who needed to shut up, who needed to call balls and strikes. And he's like, he's like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And all I know is that you guys were super intense and I thought there was a fight to break out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that there ever came uh, any, I don't think there was ever a possibility of that happening the other week. It was just very frustrating. And for me personally, I can't really speak for all of my teammates, but given the occasion for Gio and I, um, it was very frustrating uh, for me. Yeah, I imagine it was. As I said, it was uh, you were hoping to go out with a win, make the playoffs, or make the cup finals, and uh, just yeah. to uh, just to give our best effort would be enough. Um, but in a situation like that, it just becomes difficult to be able to do so. Because they're almost taking the bat out of your hand, uh, it feels like, uh, sometimes. Um, uh, so, you know, if, if, if an umpire is consistently calling high pitches on you, um, and you're not going to reach it up there, it becomes difficult to, to be able to put in your best effort. And obviously the frustration cre- creeps in and... Uh, yeah, it just seems off. like it's bad. Yeah, no, it really comes down to pitch framing. So depending on who your catcher is, mm-hmm. I want to do it. I mean, I remember we had a guy, Ben Pope, who played for the Devils a few years back. And Ben was any IA, so like Division Three for the U.S., collegiate. I think he was like number three overall. And, and Ben threw probably mid-80s. <laughs> and Wolf, who used to umpire Ben's games, and he would literally turn his back. So he thought he was the, wouldn't get hit by the fastball, <laughs> and then just look where the glove was and call balls and strikes that way. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it, it's 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 hard. I mean, like I said, like you, you need your catcher to set up, you need the pitcher to hit your spots. Um, you know, if they framed it well, you can get away with a few calls here and there. So uh, you know, it's a tough one. Like I I I, I totally sympathize with the umpires like with this. Like there's nothing worse like than having to go behind the plate uh, on a close game and, and, you know, keep it fair as, as much as possible. Um, and yeah, it, it's frustrating. So I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, have you done much umpiring in your day? Um, a few. I did a while back. I did a few games here and there uh, before kids when I had time to do those kind of things or I had a day off, I could do something like that. Um, I'm trying to think the last time I might have even umpired it might have been that time with Darren. Um, we were lucky enough. Wolfie's been around. Uh, then we have Joseph from Hungary, who does a pretty good job. Um, and, of course, we have Thomas Haywood. Uh, when he's ever in Edinburgh, he always does our games. Um, usually he's either down south doing a London game or somewhere in Europe doing one of the high-level games there. So, um, So we've been pretty lucky over here to not have to worry about umping too much now. You always take the the games with Wolfie with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting in for. Some calls yeah. go your way, some calls don't. Um, so yeah, it's like uh, it's not something I would want to do. Like I, I I like the game, but I think it's it's one of those things. Uh, I'd rather be on the field than uh, behind the plate and call balls and strikes. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Same here. Um, I did a little bit of infield umpiring, but I've never umpired home plate, and I don't think I would ever want to. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, like you blink, you miss it. You know, it's just yes. like batting. So you really have to focus, um, and you know, you, you need to just get behind the, the catcher, and you know, they have to hit the strikes, and then you know, uh, it, it's a tough one. You know, to just see okay, where did the ball cross the strike zone? So especially if you have someone that throws hard or someone that has uh, breaking pitches. Um, that was a. That's always a frustrating thing. Is uh, you got you know, like especially with me. I mean, I, my fastball barely cracks sixty miles per hour, but my curveball, you know, as you know, it comes into your head and it's yes. in the middle of the plate. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, uh, there's a lot of times when I was pitching and uh, I felt like uh, the ball had you know broken the zone and it wasn't getting the calls here and there. So. Um, um, yeah, I, I think probably because I pitched, I had more experience with umpires and I kind of learned just to kind of just shake it off and, and not let it get to me because, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're going to throw, well, with Scottish baseball, 200 balls per game. Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. not always going to be right. So, well, yeah, I mean, you, you do you do make a good point um, at the end of the day. And so ultimately, you know, the Giants scored 24 runs. Um, they didn't do that by. You know, by throwing pitches, they did that by hitting the ball. Um, they they did what they went to the field to do that day and qualified for the postseason. Um, very well played uh, on that side of the ball by the Giants. Um, we could have done better. Um, but I, I just feel like we could have had um, a bit of a more even playing field to be able to try and do so. Um, but you don't cry over spilled milk at the end of the day. There's no crying at all in baseball, as Tom Hanks would say. Um. So- being as your it was your last game, is there yep. anything you regret you never did? Like say home run? I mean you know, get on the mound and throw a few innings? <laughs> um I would have liked to have played catcher at least one time. Um but I don't think that I would be able to do so. <laughs> <laughs> well it's the baby's not due till February and I'm That's sure. true. Uh, you guys have some fall and winter practice, so then you just go. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the the tours of ignorance and I'm gonna go and and catch for about ten pitches and go. Okay, I'm good. I've seen it now. Well, don't plant ideas in my head, man. If I go back there, I, there's every chance that I'll end up in the lineup uh, come opening day, and that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it took me two years to realize that. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it. Like you say, actually, earlier at the outset of the show, you mentioned how. It's the spring when you start to get the itch. I think it's going to be interesting for me when it when that time arrives, how I'm going to feel about it. Um, but yeah, I'm committed to my decision. You have to look at the bright side. You have spring training and the MLB season. So those three o'clock in the game mornings, there'll be West Coast games for you to watch. <laughs> You're going to pick up a West Coast team to like. <laughs> um, I don't. Who would that pick to be my West Coast team if I had one? Hmm. They would need to be in the National League West, I think. Well, yes, I'm always partial to the Padres. But, yeah, you know, there's a I think... lot of pain with being a Padre fan. And since <laughs> you're a Yankee fan, it's almost natural to be a Dodger fan if you're going to go and chase the rings. Oof, no, no. I, we don't. We hate the Dodgers. Um, I think I would probably have to go by process of elimination, the Padres, because fuck the Diamondbacks. Um, I hate the Diamondbacks. and have done since I was a child. Um, they ruined my teenage years. <laughs> um, can't imagine why <laughs> Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling uh, still give me nightmares um, 
So yeah, probably the Padres. But I, I think my days are staying up to 3 a.m. or over in general. Well, no, no, they're just coming up now. So you know, <laughs> you, you may go to sleep at 10 o'clock, but yeah. you're up at 3 a.m. Rocking the baby on my watching shitty baseball. <laughs> That'll be all right. Like, they're my pods. I'm a married a pod. <laughs> you know, it's, we'll see. You know, give them time. Well, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try the pads on for size and see how it goes. Either that or the Rockies. You know, they can, they can always use some love. <laughs> yeah, well, Rockies games are entertaining, if nothing else. Well, see, there you go. A lot of home runs. You know, you'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the final uh, weekend of uh, baseball in the regular season in Scotland for 2019. It was kind of action packed, as we see. Um, yeah, let's move on to the following weekend. This past. Sunday. It was the first week of the Caledonia Classic. This year, as we mentioned earlier, there were only four teams that made it. Um, the bottom three were eliminated. Um, I think if you're going to do this kind of format, that is definitely the way to go. Um, it, it means that the latter part of the regular season means more for more teams, uh, especially in years like this one, where we have a team like the Galaxy who absolutely dominated. It's very much the best way to go down this road. Um, the matchups on the first weekend of the Caledonia Classic were Galaxy and Cannons. Uh, the Galaxy won that game 11-2 to two to make it through to the final, so they have actually a chance to make history by becoming the first team to win a double in Scotland. Yep, that would be the first time. I guess it's the second year, so yeah, there's, you might as well. It could be interesting in Aberdeen, though. Yeah, um, I personally uh, am backing the Express to cause an upset this Sunday. Uh, I genuinely, I genuinely think the Express have uh, a bit of a surprise or two up their sleeve for the Galaxy. I, I can see the Galaxy winning it, and I think that that would be probably the most expected outcome. But I don't know. I have a sneaking feeling that the Express are going to surprise the, the Galaxy and sneak a sneak a wee win. I mean, it happened last year, so uh, the, the Devils didn't have a home game the whole time, and they mm-hmm. won all three, so yep. you know, anything can happen. Yeah, and with all, with all respect to last season's Devils lineup, I think that the Express top to bottom are a better team than the Devils were last year, um, okay. and I think the Express also have a lot more momentum uh, coming through the second half of the season going into the Caledonia Classic than the Devils had last year. Um, I think those factors... Combined with you know the possibility that the galaxy might get overconfident, uh, they're just coming off the back of a really, really one of the as we mentioned one of the more dominant seasons that we've ever seen from a team in this league. Um, I think that there's the there's scope there for them to maybe take the foot off the gas and get a bit overconfident. I think if that does happen, the express it's theirs for the taking. Well, we'll find out this Sunday. Yeah, it should be a damn good go- a damn good game of baseball. Um, are you going to try and get through for it, or are you going to be too busy? Unfortunately, I won't be able to do it. Are you going to go to the game? Um, I, I am going to try my best to get through to the game, uh, at least for a, for a bit of it. Um, I'll, I'll have to see what my schedule's like on Sunday, but uh, I'm going to see what I can do about getting through for a few innings. Yeah, it'd be a good game. Like I said, it would be good baseball to watch. Um, I imagine it's probably a fairly quick game. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it's a pretty close all the way through yep I mean it's two of arguably the two best defensive teams in the league um, and obviously I think the Galaxy are 
and arguably the best defensive team in the league. So um, it's going to be it's going to be quite something. It's going to be a good one to watch. I think it's on on balance over the course of the year. I think Express versus Galaxy for the cup final is the most logical and, and makes the most sense of of any of the matchups that could have happened. Yes. Now we didn't cover the uh, Express Giants game. That is correct, yeah. The Express defeated the Giants by a final score of 23 to 4. So we'll have to count um, up early in case you were wondering who had won and hadn't checked Facebook yet. So. <laughs> I know, I've missed that. What, how did I manage to miss that? Uh, we, we, we went to the, city, the weekend game there, but yes. Um, uh, yeah, they, 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 I think Aberdeen, well, final score is 24. 23 to 4 over the Giants for Aberdeen. So the Giants are eliminated from the postseason, the Express, as we've gone over, uh, making it into the final with the Galaxy. Um, who, do you, who do you fancy in that matchup? I don't know, since I haven't played against the Express. So I don't know what to expect. And I've only played the Galaxy from two years ago. So my memories are, are quite of what it used to be like. But even then, the team's changed once, twice since I played against them. Um, mm-hmm. I think from you know looking at the scores throughout the season, I think it'll be a close game. I don't have the scores from the previous games, but then being what time of the season these games were played at, uh, and if it was a home or away game, it makes a big difference where this is the championship for the, the Cup. I imagine it's all hands on deck. Everyone's going down. Um and you should be getting the best of the best. I don't, there's no holidays for people to be missing or anything like that. So it should be a really good game. I have on my phone right now the Express and their kind of results of the season. So the Galaxy won two to nothing, sixteen to three, and seventeen to four. So the Galaxy actually swept the season series quite comfortably. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So um, it's not like the first game was a really good game at two nothing. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I think that was kind of more toward the middle of the season. Uh, I might have actually read them backwards by losing things. Uh, I think the Express kind of started okay and gradually got better and better and better and better to the point where at the end of the season they were quite a force to be reckoned with. That's why I say. I think they have a bit more momentum coming into the postseason than the Devils from last year did. Uh, the Devils went on to win it. Um, I can see a repeat of that situation happening uh, this Sunday. Well, we'll be able to know. Uh, uh, come Sunday, we'll find out who wins. Um, yeah, give, indeed. Give everyone an update next week on who won. So um, throw your support behind the team you like the most. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Definitely. Absolutely. It should be should be one to watch. Um, let's wrap it up there for this week, Jason. Uh, we we kind of got together to do this one at kind of short notice. I've been very busy with the late nights at work. You've been busy with late nights of parenting lately. Um, it's, been, it's been kind of a hectic week or two for us trying to get the next episode out. So hopefully this one um, has managed to come together okay. Uh, we'll be back next time to talk about the Caledonia Classic final Uh, we'll hopefully have another interview on preferably from the winning team we'll see what we can do about getting that arranged Um, beyond that uh, Jason what do you have uh, for on this day in baseball history today I believe you're painting the corners with this one oh gosh what was today's one now 
I'm trying to remember what the today's one was. Um, I believe it was Greg Maddox. Ah, uh, yes, it was. Won his, won his 13th for the 20th, year 20th straight season. Yes, and, and which team did he play for? The Padres. Indeed it was, yes. Exactly. So uh, I think he played one season with the Padres uh, before he ended up retiring. But yes, he was uh, the second pitcher with um, Cy Young being the first one to be able to do it. So Anytime you're in the company of Cy Young and no one else, you know that you've had a, a Hall of Fame career and then some. I mean, it's one of those things. I grew up watching Greg Maddox, mm. and I mean, he was always really good there. Uh, but I never really appreciated just how good he was. I mean, he has his own stat now. Have you heard of a Maddox? No, I don't think I have. All right. So Maddox is, is where you pitch a, a nine-inning complete game and throw less than 100 pitches. Right, yeah, because he did that more times than anyone else, didn't he? Exactly. I think he did it like eight times or something mm. like that. So, yeah, so he has his own stats. So, if you look at pitch counts today and guys throwing 100 pitches by the fifth inning, I mean, he was doing it nine innings and doing it like really effectively. Painting the corners, painting the corners. Yeah, so I, I just don't think you're ever going to see anyone like him again. Uh, no, I don't think so. It seems like the, Greg Maddox came from an era that we're never going to see again, I think. Which is sad, but also quite exciting because obviously the game is continuing to evolve. Um, but yeah, this sounds like an excellent topic for another podcast. And we talk about uh, the era of baseball that we've seen here and there and the differences because this is one I've had quite a few arguments with people on Twitter about. So I'm quite happy to be my old school self and talk about the era. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll hold our opinions for now on that, but we'll, we'll, let's, let's touch on that next time. Um, Jason, where can people find you on the old internet in between? So you can find me on Bubble and Baseball, uh, mostly on Instagram these days, but I am on Twitter and on uh, Facebook, but uh, mainly focused on Instagram at the moment. Excellent. Um, I can be found on two other podcasts. I do the NHC Music podcast with Jamie McDermott of NHC Music, where we talk about the local music scene in Glasgow. Among other things, I also uh, co-host the NHC Gaming Podcast, uh, where we talk about video games, um, and that's pretty much what I do. Both those can be found on all the usual platform, all the platforms that this show's on. So please do look those up. Um, beyond that, uh, let's just close it off. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week with the the cup winner, and we'll talk about that. Yep. Absolutely. Have a good week, Jason. You too, John. Bye bye.